Hey everyone, welcome to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. In the Mobile User Acquisition Show, we talk about how to use mobile user acquisition strategies to grow your app quickly and capital efficiently. The Mobile User Acquisition Show is presented by me, Shamant Rao, mobile growth leader and founder and CEO of the mobile growth consulting firm, Rocketship HQ. Each episode includes strategies, tips, and pointers from the leading edge of mobile user acquisition that you can use to unlock tremendous growth for your app in a sustainable and capital-efficient manner. Our guest today is Kevin Bravo. Kevin is among the few people we know who has pulled SK Ad Network apart to study how it works by pouring over Apple's documentation and also implementing actual solutions. In our conversation today, Kevin offers a minute understanding of literally the bits and bytes of how to make use of SKI network conversion values in order to offer as much insight as possible within the very limited capabilities of iOS 14. As changes are imminent, app developers are going to have to tap into their creativity and also their past user data to be able to design solutions that are uniquely suited to the conversion value framework within their apps. I'm very excited to welcome Kevin Bravo to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. Yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, I'm thrilled to have you, Kevin, because you're among the few people that's actually thought deeply about SKAD Network about how measurement will work in iOS 14. And not only have you thought deeply about all of these, all of these things, but you're also building something to solve uh, some of these problems. So I feel you have a very unique perspective on everything that is going to unfold. So I'm thrilled to tap into your insights today. For somebody that's looking to understand the mechanics of how SKAD network works, can you explain what happens from the point a user clicks on an ad to when a user completes conversion events? Yeah, sure. Like happy to give a, a bit of context. Um, so basically, let's say like a user sees an ad on Facebook, for example, and SKR network is in, configured for like your app, right? So what's yeah. going to happen is the user is going to see the ad, click on it, and then they get redirected to the app store and can decide to install the app, right? The first thing to keep in mind is you know when the ad is displayed on Facebook, Facebook is actually loading the app, the ad for with a signature, right? So mm-hmm. the ad is somehow tracked and the signature is going to follow the user during this kind of install journey, right? So mm-hmm. when the user is going to open your app for the first time, uh, actually the signature will still be there, accessible. You won't be able to get it yourself, but by using SCAD network, you can actually tell Apple, okay, I want to attribute this user, right? And the way you do this is simply by calling a function that is called register app for ad network attribution. And so you, you do this and basically you tell Apple, okay, I want to attribute this user. Can you check if a signature is here? Did you click like on a specific ad? Do you know where this user is from, right? Um, if Apple can find this sign ad, so if they can get back the signature, uh, they're going to start a 24 hour timer. And when I say they, I'm talking about on the device level, right? Because everything is happening in the device level. So if a signature is available, if the user is coming from an ad, a 24 hours timer is going to be started. And after this timer, 
Uh, there is a second one, which is a kind of tricky. We'll talk about it in a minute, I guess. But yeah, basically two timers. First one, 24 hours. And the second one is a random timer from like zero to 24 hours, right? Mm -hmm. At the end of these two timers, what's happening is a post pack is sent uh, to the ad network. So in this case, it's Facebook. Um, so basically, the user installed the app, let's say on Monday, uh, a timer is, is randomly set. Uh, and then a second one, so the earliest you'll see the install on Facebook will be by Tuesday morning, the latest being like Wednesday, for example, if you just use this call. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at what Facebook is going to get back, because they're receiving the signal, right? It's going from the device to Facebook. What they will have is basically just a, what we call a postback. It's just an API call with some data attached to it. So you'll yeah. get a network ID, uh, if it's a first or like a redownload, a campaign ID, like a, an insult signature, and also uh, the source app where the ad was displayed. So in this case, it could mm -hmm. be Facebook. You also have like some additional data for validation purposes and a conversion value that we'll talk about uh, in a bit. Um, mm -hmm. The other thing to keep in mind is, so this postback that is sent from the device is only sent once per user per install. And there is no way to tie this postback to like any specific user, right? Because there is no uh, like timestamp on the install. There is no user ID. You can't attach anything else. It's just one signal. Facebook knows, okay, there's been one install. Definitely. And which is a very different paradigm from what we have been accustomed to prior to iOS 14, which is why this is so important to understand and internalize completely. So when you're setting up conversion values, what are some of the considerations that you suggest keeping in mind? Yeah. So as you said, there is conversion value. So it's one of the data points that is attached to this postback and the way you can set it is to call like a second function, right? So there is two. The first one is register for attribution and the second is called update conversion value. And, and so what you can do is like attach a run, like a, a def defined value from zero to 63. So it's like 64 different values that can be attached to the call. And then when Facebook will receive uh, the install data, they will also have this like value attached to the install, right? Uh, so I like to think about it like a, a signal. You you can have kind of a context to the user. It's like answering the question, how valuable is this user to me, right? You can call the method as many times as you want. Uh, the way it works, it's going to like reset the timer, the first one, 24 hours one. So as long as the user keeps coming back in your app, you can still keep calling the, the conversion value method. The only thing to consider is, I mean, there's a couple of things. First one, it can only be higher. So if you log a conversion value 10, uh, the next time you call the method, you have to call, like to say 15, for example, or 20 and so on, right? So that's the first thing to keep in mind. Uh, the second thing to keep in mind, as I said, is that uh, every time you log it, the timer resets. And since you don't have like a, a time install timestamp, uh, for like the postback, it means that every time you call update conversion value, you're making it harder for you and for the ad network to understand when the install actually occurred, right? Because you're kind right. of delaying the moment where the postback is going to be sent. So saying that um, you can like conversion value is still enough, you know, like you can do uh, different things. First one is you can attach like a, an event, like finish onboarding or like maybe create different combination. And we can talk about this in a bit. Uh, but the main consideration you want to keep in mind is your business model. Sure. So like, are you subscription-based, ad-based? How are you making money, right? Uh, sure. The vertical you're in, uh, because you'll see like many companies in like, for example, fitness are going to do the same thing and so on. So that's something you can get inspired by. How do you like differentiate 
a low value users to high value users in their first session. And this is like product right. analytics, right? Trying to understand, yeah. okay, so what does a uh, do user need to do uh, for me to feel like it's uh, it's valuable? Because it's early, so you don't have that much time, but you can still get some signals. Yeah, and then like just one more thing I would say is like how were you historically optimizing your ads campaigns, right? Because yeah. maybe, I don't think you can just switch and keep the same system, but maybe you can learn from the past is the way you were doing it, so you can you know build up a new model for this new uh, solution. I think there are two things you said that jumped out at me. A, the longer you wait, the harder it is to attribute it to the install timestamp. So yeah. you really want to look at the first session and say, what signal can I find that tells me this is a high value user, this is not a high value user. Yeah, I think it's changing because some apps will just say, well, my signal is if you come back the next day, right? So if you take games, for example, uh, like second day retention will already be like a big signal for them in some cases. So that's also the challenge is like, it's not only about events, but also like the kind of time they spend in the app that can also be a signal you want to use. Yeah, 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 right. And there can be very many approaches to setting up these conversion values. So can you tell us about what some of the possible approaches or models are to picking conversion values? And also tell us how an app developer should be thinking about picking a model. Yeah, um, so like, again, first thing to consider is like the business model and all these things. But then if you think about like all the ways you can use it, and this is not all of them, it's like the ones I either heard of or like, you know, feel like could be interesting. So the first one is just to track events and assign them directly to conversion value. So let's say sign up is 10, started trial is 20, subscribe is going to be 30 and so on. That's one way to do it. Mm -hmm. um, the other one you can do is, and or again, keep in mind that the conversion value, you only get one. So it's the last one you send. So it has to be like kind of incremental, right? Sign up will always have to be the earliest one. So like the lowest value where subscribe, which is the highest signal, should be the highest value. Um, another way you can do this is you can say, okay, I'm going to kind of bucket the LTV for the first couple of days and put it as a conversion value. So for example, uh, like the, like a revenue figure. So you have conversion value 15, it can equal like one euro and 50 cents. That's just a broad example, but yeah, you can have like buckets. We can also define like kind of clusters based on your knowledge and understanding of how RTV spread over in the couple of mm -hmm. first days, right? Yeah. Um, another approach is to use predicted LTV, uh, which is fairly different. This is, I guess, for like bigger apps. It's like saying, okay, I have enough past data and understanding of my kind of user LTV across time to know uh, like how much um, I'm going to credit in terms of value for a user after it did a specific set of actions or like specific things in the app, right? This is tricky because first you don't have that much time, especially if you keep uh, the conversion value method uh, just like 24 hours, it's going to be super tricky. If you have like three days, maybe you have more signals. But again, it's tricky. And also like it's super hard to see if your model that you built is accurate. Because once you have this data in Facebook, you won't be able to look at you know, what's happening later for these cohorts. You won't be able to see if the predicted LTV you had in mind is the one that is actually occurring for these users that was in the bucket. So it's like, you know, it's kind of a guess game, uh, which is yeah. quite challenging, especially when you don't have that much volume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it comes down to how you can make informed guesses, knowing that it may not be accurate. I, I think that like 
two more I will want to talk about. I think that are as well interesting. Um, the first one is um, like what uh, what we call like mixed modeling, and that's the one I use for like um, the tool I build, Elixir. It's like you have events and you have revenue information, right? So if you take like um, for example a, a mid-core game, uh, you're going mm-hmm. to have like different levels. So you may want to understand like how many levels has been done by the user after like a couple of hours, and you also mm-hmm. like maybe have like in-app purchases, right? And so if the user do an early in-app purchase, that's really valuable for you. So you can have like both. And the way it works is like conversion value is just, it's not only numerical numerical value, it's actually a set of binaries. So it's like uh, like one value between zero to 63 is actually a set of six binaries. So zero or one, right? Each being Uh either zero or one. And so what you can do is like split the binaries and say, I'm going to use three binary value for like progress events, like level one, level 10 and so on. And the other ones for like purchase events, right? So like in sure. a purchase or like even like ad uh, based uh, data. Uh, but yeah, that's the mm-hmm. kind of way you can also uh, do it if it makes sense. Right. So it, the signal you're sending doesn't always just have to be revenue linked. You you can and you should actually combine revenue and some sort of engagement event, which could be in this case attained a level for a midco game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my understanding and my kind of feeling is like, and I think Eric, Eric Sufet also said that, uh, it's like some events may need to be created, right? I don't think like all the apps and all the games will be able to just take events they're already tracking on the product and just mm-hmm. use them as conversion value. I think it will yeah. be a mix and, you know, we'll be learning as we go uh, how yeah. to best mix these signals. Uh, but, you know, the long game will be like the companies that can actually have a really accurate uh, mix signal and you know keep optimizing sure. towards this value sure and it's also my understanding and please correct me if this is wrong it's also my understanding that a signal can be sent even if there is no event if a user is doing nothing you can still send a signal is that exactly you, you like the all the, com- the functions so register for attribution and update conversion value can only be triggered from the app right so it's on the device yeah. But yeah. you can trigger them as much as you want. Like if, for example, yeah. the user come on day two and you want to have this information, you can fire the update conversion value and just, you know, call one value additional. Like if you had 20 on first day, you can have 21, for example. That's feasible. Sure, 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 sure. That makes a lot of sense. And if you look at ad monetized apps, what might be some of the ways in which they might be able to pick conversion values? Yeah. So um, I saw like um, a spreadsheet from Ruby, Ruby games and they had this kind of super interesting idea. I think it makes sense. I don't know like how hard it would be to in- integrate for like any games, but basically what they were doing is like, they said, okay, so our game is ad-based. Like we have different kind of monetization touch, from, touch points. So you have banners, interstitial, rewarded videos, and mm-hmm. then also in-app purchases if you have like, you know, a mixed model. In this case, what they were doing is they were like defining a weight for each uh, like touch point. So like a banner will be maybe worth 0.2, an interstitial will be like maybe like 1.5 and so on. And then they kind of count how many touch points the user had for each, right? So like if he saw like, I don't know, 20 banners and 10 interstitial, then they have this kind of weight and they calculate the overall value. And then it goes into like buckets of uh, mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. predict LTV. And then, you know, they have the conversion value. So it's, it's quite 
complex, but when you think about it, it's just a matter of like, okay, so how much is worth, worth each touch point? And then I do just a calculation with this stuff. That's one way to, to put it, I guess. Yeah, so you're basically looking at high value placements, which could be rewarded video or interstitials, and the lower value ones, which could be banners, you're assigning conversion values. You're also saying, look, maybe 10 banner views or 20 rewarded video views equals X number of conversion values. Yeah, it's, it's, it's similar. The only difference is like, you don't assign them directly to conversion value. You just, you know, have kind of a bucket. It's like uh, a score, right? right? So you count right. the number of touch points, you have a score, and then you have a, like a maximum score that is 64 that you define based on past behavior and a minimum right. that is like zero. And then you just define the conversion value based on like how high is the score. Right, 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 right. Depending on how many touch points they've had with how many banners, how many rewarded videos, and how many interstitials. Gotcha. And as we talked about, the conversion event does not have to fire, get fired when there is actually an event. You can basically fire it even if the user doesn't come in, user does nothing. Yeah, uh, you still have to have the user doing a session because you have to do it on the device, but like you don't have to wait for the user, the user to do something else than opening the app. Okay, the user still has to open the app. Yeah. Okay, got it. So one solution that has been proposed is, uh, that I've seen is to use the first couple of bits to connote the amount of time that's elapsed. So you say the first couple of bits is like how many days have passed since uh, install mm -hmm. and use the remaining bits to include actually other, other conversion events, which could be revenue or level or ad, ad monetization touch points, as you mentioned. Right? Yeah. So what do you see as the advantages or disadvantages of using some of those 64 bits to uh, connote time, uh, time elapsed? Yeah, so basically, I think Algorithm had this kind of idea of like saying, okay, we're just going to have like a time window, zero to like, I mean, day one to uh, day three. Uh, so you have two bits for that. So it can be zero, 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 one, uh, 10, or 11, like one, zero, and one, one. And I think that's good um, because first thing, um, it's going to give like a better accuracy and measurement capabilities across tools and not only for the ad network, right? Uh, because yeah. you'll be able to understand like, okay, this uses, installed within these days and this one like within so on i think it's it's valuable but a couple of things to consider before you know setting it up first of the first thing uh you have less uh space like it, you have only four uh, bits left so it's like it means less uh conversion events but that's not a problem for like everyone uh you don't mm -hmm. all like have to do this um like for every app for example if for example if you take subscription apps uh, most of like the signals will occur within the first day. So maybe you just want to stick with the first day, you know, like maybe sure. you just don't want to keep updating conversion values because as I said, you, you have to wait for the user to open the app, but you don't have to, if you don't want to. So like I can yeah. decide only to update conversion values on the first 24 hours of the user's yeah. usage, right? That's also a way to do it. Uh, another thing is like some networks may already require uh, you to do so. Like, for example, if you take Facebook, I think from the documentation, they were like specifying around like 24 hours. So like Facebook may tell you, you have to like, not only stop sending like update conversion values, um, you know, after a specific delay, but use the SDK to do so. And also the events may be limited. So they may have kind of a 
saying in the events you track the same way they have now you know with uh, app uh, event optimization campaigns where you have like 12 different events you can use right mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and yeah. yeah and just to finish off on this like i think if you stick with one day it's easier to measure but you have less signal definitely um so i think it's going to be a like case by case but i guess the only thing i would say is like this can work but i will first kind of consider and understand how are our networks working with it? Because like the way you're going to approach this bits um, management will be relying on the way the other networks you work with, uh, you know, like are using the conversion value today. I mean, tomorrow, yes. Got it, got it. Yeah, I think it makes sense to do that on a case-by-case -case basis, just because it may not be appropriate for every single app to reserve some bits for the days. Yeah, right? and like you said, uh, yes. Some apps may be more front-loaded, and then you know, uh, like I said, the subscription apps is an example. Some may not be, so I think it makes sense to really look at what their conversion stream is and then make that decision. Yeah. So you you did speak about subscription apps, and uh, we know that most of the free trials happen within the first twenty-four hours, which means out of the sixty-four bits, they may not necessarily need to use the vast majority of the bits. Yeah. So are there ways in which they can and should use the remaining bits at all? Or should they just forget about it and just use one bit for free trial and just forget about it? Yeah, well, first, there are a couple of things to consider. The first one is there's a threshold. We're not yet sure about it, but like Apple um, said that there may be thresholds uh, that will impact you know, the, the conversion values, uh, saying that you know if you yeah. don't have enough occurrences of specific conversion, conversion values that may not send the signal. Um, that's something that is super not clear right now. It's like kind of blurry in the documentation, but that's something that we may need to consider in the future. The second thing is networks, because some networks may say, you can't use the conversion value as you please, unless you don't want us to optimize uh, the way we do, like Facebook. Uh, but then uh, if you put this aside, and you just think about, okay, what else can I do? Uh, you have time of day, of course. Uh, some companies may want to use like uh, user type. Uh, so if you take, for example, marketplaces, uh, they may want to understand from like a specific ad, even if usually ads are targeted, like just want to make sure that, you know, they get like a supplier or like, a, you know, like supplier demand side. Uh, that's something they can use like a, a bit for. Uh, geo. Um, so again, in the post back, you don't have geo data. Uh, so yeah. a couple of ways you can do the, the geo kind of calculation. First one is you have your campaign structure that is based on that. So for example, uh, you are going to have like different uh, geos, like each country or just like buckets of geos based on like kind of performance and its structure in your campaigns, uh, like a campaign is for one geo, in a specific geo. Uh, the challenge with that being uh, that, for example, Facebook will only allow nine campaigns with iOS 14's account uh, when you know you start with Scam Network. Uh, so you can use maybe the bits to do the geo if you can like have kind of some information on the device level. So that's also something uh, you could do. I mean, that's what I have in mind now, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's what I'm also taking away is that are creative ways to use the conversion value framework uh, and developers really need to think through what makes the most sense for them. Kevin, this has been very insightful and clearly this shows exactly how deeply you're thinking about all of the changes that are coming to us.
this is perhaps a good place for us to wrap. Uh, Kevin, before we do that, can you tell folks how they can find out more about you and everything you do? Yeah, sure. So yeah, Kevin Bravo. Uh, I actually run a, a consultancy agency for apps and games, mobile apps and games called Second Potion. Uh, so we work on activation, retention, motivation, and so on. And yeah, you can find more about me on LinkedIn or like our website. Excellent. And you're also building a tool for iOS 14? Um, yeah, exactly. So like, actually it's an open source tool um, to like handle conversion values. Uh, it's for apps that don't have an MMP, so a mobile measurement partner, or that want to you know, take care of the conversion value management themselves. Uh, it's called Elixir, and uh, there's nothing like about it um, in terms of like you know website. It's kind of a work in progress, but the code is free, open source, so you can give it a look on GitHub if you need. Excellent. We will link your GitHub, and of course, we'll link to Second Potion and everything you do in the show notes as well. Kevin, uh, thank you so much for being on the Mobile User Acquisition Show. Uh, we're excited to put this out into the world very soon. Cool. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Sir. Thank you for listening to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. If any of this was helpful or instructive, I would love for you to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcast fix. This podcast takes a ton of time, effort, and love to produce, and I deeply value every review and every piece of feedback that you share. Thank you for listening, and I will look forward to sharing our next episode soon.